So I have some interesting stats I'd like to read to begin this cast. Tom Brady has now been to the Super Bowl 47% of the seasons he's been in the NFL. 47%. Steph Curry, the undisputed greatest three-point shooter in NBA history, hits threes at a rate at about 43%. Let me recap that for a second. Brady, 47% of his career he has spent in the Super Bowl. Steph Curry, the greatest three-point shooter of all time, shoots at a 43% rate. Brady is more likely to appear in the Super Bowl than Steph Curry is to hit a three-pointer. Okay, let's move on. (laughs) Brady has more NFC championships than the Detroit Lions. That one might not shock you as much, but let's go to another Lions fact, which is Barry fucking Sanders played in the league for 10 years. He's the undisputed, well, not undisputed. It's a hotly contested argument, but most people will consider Barry the greatest of all time. Played in the league for 10 years. 10,000 yard rushing seasons. 10,000 yard rushing seasons. Brady has been to the Super Bowl now 10 fucking times, people. 10 fucking times. So guys, we got, we got, we're going back to our OG roots. We are doing a local cast, which we have not done in quite some time. But uh, we got some Bucks fans in the house. You guys got to be pumped about Brady. Hey, fire the cannons, baby. Let's go. Fight them cannons. The Bucks life. Yeah. So, I mean, I I bet against Brady the entire playoffs, and uh, that's kind of what Brady thrives on. He wasn't going against me specifically, of course, but he knows all the people out there were betting against him. He Has he not been a dog in any game but the Washington game? Uh, yeah, yeah they're, they're underdogs the last uh, two weeks. Yep. He thrives on that shit. I mean, he just did him a favor. He, he's a system quarterback. Yep. System quarterback. Well, if you follow him on social media, too, I think he's like the ultimate troll. Like, he definitely shows you. He knows that you're doubting him, and he's putting it out there for people to see. I yes. love it. Oh, he reads all the news clippings. He's that kind of guy. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. I, I, I do like him a lot more uh, ever since he left New England. Uh, I'm like, I actually, he is kind of a good guy. He's not, not the douche I thought he was for the last 20 years. Well, yeah, when you're not playing for the evil empire. Yeah, and been beating my boys in the playoffs every other year. No, he's still definitely a douche. Let's be clear. I mean, Brady's still definitely a douche. It's just he's on your side now, so he's not as much of a douche. Uh, one one funny thing that Derek said this year, and it's so fucking true, is we were watching a Bucks game with some Bucks fans, and then Derek just kind of looked over, you know, the smug look he always has, and he goes, oh, yeah, so now Brady gets no calls, huh? <laughs> it's, it's so fucking true when you're when you're Very watching well a guy when you're watching a guy beat you he gets all the calls yep. when he's your guy he gets none of the calls it's just kind of the nature of the beast but dude honestly what brady did it, it, it it's it's been talked about a lot it can't be talked about too much it is the most incredible thing if you're still on the fence about who the greatest of all time is at this point you're a fucking idiot you're full of shit yeah they, there's yeah. no way a guy to come into a whole new division one of the toughest divisions in the entire NFL under sure. a new system that's been proven to be tough for awesome quarterbacks. Bruce Arians hasn't just had scrubs as quarterbacks in his offensive systems. Peyton Manning, Ben Roethlisberger, Carson Palmer, to say a few. Yep. And for to come, for Tom Brady to come in first year and take the Bucks to Without the a preseason. No preseason. COVID-era season. That's a great point, Jim. To come in and lead the Bucks to the Super Bowl, it's unbelievable. For the first team ever to host and play in the Super Bowl, only Tom Brady could have this written for him in the stars, man. It's unreal. 
I'm just waiting for a, another uh, spy gig to come up, but uh, I guess I guess it won't since he's uh, not in New England. Well, but, well uh, Belichick's the real cheater in well, all that, right? Well, well you know, the, I, I guess he just absorbed all that knowledge and uh, didn't have to do it again this year, and he took it all in. But he, he already knows all the plays that everyone's running. I mean, you saw you saw it so clearly in the uh, the Green Bay game. He, he knew where he was going like, <laughs> like three seconds before he was snapping. Well, we'll we'll get into the Green Bay game a little bit, but I want to talk about all the things that kind of led up to this because I think it's I think it's pretty unreal because it has. Hasn't always been perfect, but none, nothing about Brady's career has been perfect. In fact, his most perfect season, he didn't win a Super Bowl. His sixteen and zero, that was the perfect team. It was there were they had no flaws, and I think it was too good for Brady. When things are too good for Brady, that's when he's not at his best. I'm telling you, when it, the best thing that happened to the Bucks is that they didn't experience success early on in the year. If they would experience success early on, Brady would not have the chip on the shoulder going to the playoffs. And I'm telling you, they would not have been the team they are. It's just amazing how much this guy thrives on just tell me, tell me I'm no good. You know what I'm saying? Tell me, tell me I'm done. Please tell me I'm done. And I'm going to fucking go out there and show you that you are so wrong. And I have another three years left of me. Yeah. Well, he had a stretch where he hit, went what? Oh, for 20 something on, on 20 yard passes down the field and then comes back. And now it's like pretty sure he's pretty much hitting all of those nowadays. Yeah. He's great. Great downfield passer in the playoffs, especially. You know, we were, we were talking the other day, and I was like, "Man, could you imagine if you know, a Tampa wins this Super Bowl, wins it next year? What, what you think he's going to say? Hey, Giselle, you know what? I'm actually going to play until I got one for all ten fingers. <laughs> she, 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 she might, she might cut a few fingers yeah. off at that point. I think he's got eleven too, so you got to get them for the eleventh. <laughs> I, I think the six figured man. <laughs> that one's a little more girthier, right? <laughs> That'd be a good picture, man. <laughs> Well, with Tom Brady, too, dude, I just think he, he brings some type of ambiance to the locker room and sets another, like, expectation level without even having to say much. Just because of his pedigree and what he's been able to do, not only just from all the Super Bowls that he has, but for where he came from. You know, what what was he, the 100 and what pick? In the 99th. Draft? 199th pick in the NFL draft. Chip on his shoulder, coming out of Michigan. The guy has built it from the bottom to the top. So once he comes to a team, you see that elevation take place in players. He makes other guys better that aren't even on the offense. He, he makes the defense better. They know, hey, we need to get Tom the ball. Tom will get us in the end zone. Tom's going to get us to score. That kind of stuff you can't teach. A guy exudes that, and the team absorbs it, and you see the energy on the field. It's way different, and, and it's unbelievable to see. Yeah. Fuck Mo Lewis, by the way. <laughs> I'm, I don't think I'll ever forgive him for knocking Drew Bledsoe out. Me either, man. <laughs> Who do you think's had a better career, Brady or Giovanni Carmazzi? Um, I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I was actually looking for pictures. Of, so Giovanni Carmazzi is part of the Brady Six. I was drafted ahead of Did Brady. He go to Connecticut. I'm not really sure, um, but he uh, was drafted by the 49ers, who wanted uh, Brady. And the guy, you can't even find a current picture of him. He's literally out in the mountains. He's straight. He's. It's ironic that the guy that the Niners picked over Brady turned into. Wait for it, a goat farmer. <laughs> Giovanni Carmazzi is a goat farmer. Do you I think shit. You, do you think not. he has a goat named Tom Brady? <laughs> he, she should <laughs> better. What, wasn't uh, wasn't Henny Chad Henny at, at Michigan? He was the one starting over him. No, no, it was no, uh, Brian was, Greasy. What, I thought Henny was there. As no, well. that was later. Uh, yeah. Okay. That, right. yeah, that was later. Henny's only been in the league 14 years, remember? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And he, he's still young. He's in his prime. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about who started over Brady at Michigan? Yeah. It was Drew Stanton. Stanton. 
Stanton. Yeah. Bri- Brian Greasy was there for for a period of yeah, time I too. I thought Stanton was Michigan State. Yeah, yeah, Michigan State's Drew Stanton. Uh, no, you're thinking of Drew Henson. Drew Henson. Yes. 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 Drew, sorry, I knew he was a baseball yeah. player yeah, there, too. There you go. Yep. yep. So what a wild career. Um, if you want to check out a good video on it, check out our uh, the Rise facts. of Brady videos. Um, Just that's some facts. pretty good things. But yeah, dude, can't say enough about Brady, and it's it's really all been said, so we don't have to talk about it too much. But let's get into that Packers game because there's so much to be said about it. Um, truly, in typical Brady fashion, or you know, just gritted out this win because the Packers could have won it at so many different times, even with all these issues. What for you guys was the big turning point of the game? Right before halftime? Yes. I mean, yes. Yeah, so, well, so, the start of the start of the second quarter was obviously like a huge. It was huge to kind of get some breathing room. But when you talk about A, not punting and then going for it, you know, being up four points, uh, then hitting a Hail Mary. I think the key element on that was they had six seconds left, right? And then they put two seconds back on the clock. Cause typically one play in the NFL on a shot like that takes about seven seconds. So they figured, hey, we take this shot. If it doesn't, you know, if it goes incomplete, we got one second left to kick the field goal. We can run the team out there and kick the field goal, right, because it would be an inc- incomplete pass. And if you look at the play, it actually took exactly seven seconds for Scotty Miller to catch that touchdown pass. So the, the two, two seconds that they put back on the clock right there were critical in terms of making that call, I think, um, or maybe whatever. But um, And then you go back to uh, – to me, I thought that this game had many different elements where there were some turns, for sure, right? Because at one point in time, you know, it looked like, all right, it's going to be 7-7, and, and this is this is going to be a, a shootout, right, after the Packers scored that second touch or the first touchdown in the game. But then the Bucks pull away, and then the Bucks, you know, Brady turns into, uh, starts throwing picks on three consecutive drives. And I was, trust me, I was pumped because I got smoked on taking the under there. So I'm like, drive down interception, perfect. Well, well Jordan Whitehead at, at the start of the second half forces the fumble, sets up the, the Bucks up to, go, to score another touchdown, Cam Braid on the score from Brady. That they're up 28 10 at that point, right? And then Brady starts with the picks, but also Jordan Whitehead not being on the field set up, you know, allowed the, the Packers to do a eight play 75 yard drive and then a 13 play 68 yard drive, both for touchdowns. That was the last touchdown they scored in the game, though. So Todd Bowles, whatever his in-game adjustment was at that point, figured it out to be able to play with Andrew Adams and Mike Edwards as your safeties. Those are are back-to-back huge plays that you're talking about, too. When you say at the end of the half, I think it's inexcusable for the defensive coordinator to be calling single man or single high safety with man-to-man on the outsides. You had Mike Evans lined up wide right. Godwin's on the slot to the left, and you had Scotty Miller out wide left. Well, they actually brought Miller back in and stacked him so that they knew the, Brady knew the coverage that King was going to play on it. But to sit there and do a single high safety with six seconds left, it's unbelievable to me. And then Kevin King already had given up the touchdown to Mike Evans early. He got burnt. You got to give somebody like that help, and to see a guy get put on an island like that, I think that was a huge mistake and swing in the game. No, so a topic from last week is we were talking about have we been underrating Matt Lafleur, and we have not. No, he just he just showed it. Um, so many different so many different things, and he he was probably not a part of that defensive play call that led to that Scotty Miller touchdown, which was inexcusable. You're 100 percent right. You give up the field goal all day, and you do anything you can. 
they were trying to prevent the first down. What are you doing? There's only a few seconds left. Who gives a fuck about the first down? Like, just prevent the touchdown. That's all you got to do. It's it's like the most fundamental part about football. At a minimum, two safeties back there. If not three, and you're running a prevent, and then keeping those guys, again, before the field goal marker, and if they happen to get it, three points. But to give up a touchdown like that... Embarrassing. It it really was. It changed the whole complexion of the game because... Um, then obviously, you know, the Bucks had the decisive advantage coming out in the second half. It, it put the Packers in the hole. They had to play a game that they're not used to where they're all of a sudden passing first. And believe it or not, they've not been a pass first offense the entire well, season. It brings it all the way back to the freaking coin toss. They deferred giving up that touchdown at the end of the half when you're getting the ball too. It's unbelievable to me. Like how to, that's a huge thing. The reason you're deferring is to be able to get those points in the possessions, and you just give up a touchdown right there at the end. It completely nullifies the point of deferring at that point. Yeah, it, it's it was a shit call. And and you also can't get beat outside. Like if you want the play to go anywhere, right, with no timeouts left and the clock whatever you want it to be tackled inside the middle of the field so that they don't have time to get up and spike it or whatever with eight seconds left to kick the field goal. If you're going to pr- try to prevent the first down, why would you Why would you even still be allowing them to get outside? That doesn't make any sense. So we've talked about a lot about what Brady has done. Let's talk about what he almost did to the Bucks, which is just straight up. That second half was atrocious. Um, and, you know, that that's kind of the beauty of, of what Brady did this year is, you know, he, he saw the writing on the wall. He went into that playoff game against the Titans last year, and he looked around and he said, this team sucks. Yeah. And this team is not going to be good. You know, if, if, if this team doesn't want me anymore, I'm going to find a team that can carry me for the first time in my career when I need it. And boy, did he ever find that. Because uh, the, the, this Bucks opportunistic just slam you in the face, uh, pick up on any mistake you make defense. It just works out well for Brady. And Brady can kind of be a thing. He can kind of be reckless with the football. He, if he doesn't have that mindset, he doesn't hit Scotty Miller on that touchdown pass. You know what I'm saying? So... If if I'm the Bucks, I tell Brady, don't do anything differently. You almost gave up the game of those three interceptions, but we held together. You cannot be, become more conservative in the Super Bowl. You've got to go out there and punch Kansas City right in the mouth because you know Kansas City is going to come out swinging. Yeah. Well, you, also you have to imagine like you know that Tampa team from what they've uh, experienced and come from, and obviously with uh, Brady's pedigree, you have to imagine that anytime he does, he fucks up because he, he holds everyone accountable. You have to imagine that everyone's playing their ass, like, oh, let's pick him up like he picks us up. Um, and, and it's just contagious. And that's, that's why they're playing such sound football. Yep. Um, I, I, I mean, that's absolutely part of it. They also have a lot of really good players on defense, right? Like, We've talked about some of these guys that they've brought in with Shaq Barrett, you know, led the league in sacks last year. He absolutely worked. David Bakhtiari's replacement at left tackle and stuff when he was over there. JPP, too. They sacked Rodgers 5 for 32. He was under pressure all game. Every time they did. Once they stopped the run, which the Bucs were the best team against the run in the NFL this year. So they were going to stop the run. Um, But to force them to pass like they did with getting that early lead and then just letting their pass rushers tee off. Between JPP and Shaq Barrett, they were in his face all game. He was getting hit, pushed, whatever. And then five for 32. Plus, they added um, eight quarterbacks hit, hits is what the total comes out to. Four passes defensed, a pick. They forced the fumble on the Jordan Whitehead uh, hit where he takes out Aaron Jones from the game for that chest injury. Don't you love it when guys get hurt <laughs> after they fumble, Marcus? <laughs> that, that, like fumble, get burnt, get, get the ankles broken, man. It's yeah. 100%. They're, they're, they're going to be hurt. But uh, 
I'll tell you what, JPP seems to be uh, moving a little bit faster since he lost two and a half fingers. But uh, uh, speaking of Aaron Jones, um, I, th- I have to like imagine he was nursing some kind of injury that we, we, we he was because Jamal Jamal Williams was taking like oh half the reps going like even before uh, Jones started getting banged up and fumbled. Jamal him. Williams is no slouch. Uh, the Packers, in my opinion, have three guys that would start on any other team in the league. I mean, they have some really good backs. Between You're a Dylan fan. I think I think as a power back, as somebody in there for first second down, and then there's another third down scat back to come in. Dude, there was a play in that game. Where he was, he got hit on the line, was tackled. He put his arm down on the ground and basically just pressed a guy, squatted him up, and ran for another six yards. I'd never seen something like that in a long time. Man, Have you watched him a lot this year, though? He's he's really he does not look like the guy. He yeah. he, he doesn't look like he can lead a backfield, to be honest. I mean, rookie early, but just saying, those guys they had they had a dominant three three headed monster back there especially right. with jamal williams because he's similar to aaron jones but even bigger he's bigger than aaron jones but he can also still run the pass routes catch it rogers was super high on him Great in the off too. season yeah dude, he's a baller for sure I, th- I think when you look at aaron aj Dillon, what they what the packers saw when they drafted him uh you know when they decided that they're going to take a backup quarterback and a backup running back and a backup tight end um this this in the draft this year was they they saw a guy that looks like derrick henry right like he he does look like that a little bit in terms of the really he's fast and he's big he's thick right um mm-hmm. he doesn't have the best hands so you know henry's a little bit pe- better pass catcher but that's what they're trying to go for when they drafted him and obviously they're thinking you know aaron jones may only be here another year or two and then and then he's gone so we need to get somebody in there but i think it's still a wasted pick in terms of you shouldn't be taking the run a running back that high especially when you've got a good pair if you're saying henry's a better cast pass catcher than uh dylan he must really suck it because <laughs> literally Derrick Henry might be the worst pass catcher in the league. He doesn't have, he doesn't have a great history of, of catching passes to my knowledge, but, but, but he was, he was really good in college at Boston college. They had, he had a bunch of 200 plus yard games, similar to what Derrick Henry kind of does in terms of stylistically. So Derrick Henry just broke his record for most receptions in a season <laughs> at 19. Yeah. <laughs> How many of those are screen passes? Yeah, all of them. Literally every single one. Probably. Guaranteed. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the same thing that you're going to get out of AJ Dillon in the past. Game, I mean, I I'm just saying like, that's, that, that's, that, that's a significant weakness. It's actually a underrated weakness about Henry as good of a season as he had when they are out of games, they literally take him out. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's, he's not even on the field, which is that's, I'm sorry. That's a liability. You can't, I running backs nowadays, like, and that, that's my point on Dylan. He's not a guy, the guy. He would have been great in the nineties. I think. I think Derrick Henry would have dominated the 90s. But, oh, my God. But we got a little sidetracked. You know, we were talking about Brady, right, trying to give away the game, almost kind of getting the yips, but coming to a team to, that can back him up, a defense that's going to get him stops. What were the difference in the last two games in the Bucks defense? Two players that were added to the team over these last two playoff games. One, Devin White, who Pro Bowl snub, unbelievable, and then Vita Vea coming in and making a big impact, playing way more snaps than I thought he would play in that game, coming off a broken – was it a broken ankle? Yeah. I think he came back from. It, it was great to see them, especially Devin White. I don't think that there's a better inside linebacker in the league right now. His second year in the league, and that kid flies. He's a monster. It, you can definitely it, make the argument. It's for sure. unbelievable the postseason that he's having. And then another one, Sean Murphy bunting, stepping up crazy for the Bucks with three postseason interceptions right now. 
the only other cornerback – I can't recall who the other cornerback is. Uh, he tied somebody with three interceptions in the postseason. I can't recall who it is. Forgive me. But it, the defense is stepping you. up in all the right times, and, and it's awesome to see. Brady finally getting some backup, and it's going to be awesome to see this run. Yep. Well, he certainly cannot throw three interceptions against the Chiefs, but um, they got to do everything they can to keep that aggression in him going to this next game. Um, and we will definitely talk about the Chiefs game in a second. But uh, I do I do want to stick with the Packers because uh, there's been some smoke all week long about Aaron Rodgers, and uh, you can't tell me that Aaron Rodgers wasn't looking across the field at Brady with his hot new girlfriend, you know, driving around in his Ferrari, his, 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 uh, his, his Bucks red Ferrari, um, and just looking over and just being like, why not me? Why did I sign this fucking extension? <laughs> so we could have so many quarterbacks on the move, and one of them could be the MVP of this year. It's really it's not up for debate. He will win the MVP. I don't even know when that's going to be announced. but um, should, should be um, this week, I think. Yeah, this weekend. Statistically, it's not even close. And, uh, dude, Rodgers has had an incredible year. But what do you guys think happens with this Packers situation and Rodgers? Well, he, he said on record his future is a beautiful mystery. <laughs> yeah, he just dropped the ass. What a tool. That's why. I, I mean, I, I, I love that. I just, I don't, if, I don't know. If, if, Jordan love, if Jordan Love wasn't drafted this past year, I mean, I would say, of course, he's coming back. He's just going to use leverage to try to get a contract extension, especially coming in the end of his Off career. An MVP season? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, come on. He might be older, but he's the MVP of the freaking league. And if Tom Brady and Drew Brees are setting any precedent, it's that, hey, he can give you. I think Brady's still seven or eight years older than him. And, so. and I'm saying, so obviously it's proven that you can get great years out of these older quarterbacks, especially the way they're protected right now in the league. It, it just is, it's easily can be possible. And I thought that he would have that leverage there. But now when you have Jordan Love in the mix, I think he is trying to force his way out of Green Bay. He does want the shiny new Ferrari. He does want the team that's going to get built around him to win now. And I don't think that's the Green Bay Packers organization, which is a publicly owned team. And the way that they have board members and the way that organizations ran, it's very strange. It'll be weird to see. I kind of want him to pull a Brett Favre and go over to uh, old Minnesota and stick it back to Green Bay. <laughs> That'll never happen. Well, never. yeah, th- th- so the Packers still control him. He's under contract for a long time. He can force his way out to some degree if he says, you know, the quarterbacks don't do this, right? And Drew talked about this last week. You know, it's very rare for a quarterback to really force his way out. The lone exception that we have is Carson Palmer. But Brady's the guy where he's made a ton of money in his career. He doesn't need money anymore. So that's the thing. Like, everyone's like, oh, they're not going to miss the checks, right? Well, what if he's just like, I don't care. I don't don't care about the checks. You know what I mean? Like, I want out. Like, and he just wants to get out of there. He can force it kind of NBA-style superstar, you know, Anthony Davis. Nope, I want to go to the Lakers, and that's it. Uh, I'm not playing the rest of the year, you know? And Brady could potentially pull that off. Or um, Rodgers could potentially pull that off. I don't know that he has just one team that he'd focus on. What are some of the teams that you think would be the best fit for Rodgers if he were to decide to leave and get traded? Undisputed number one, the Indianapolis Colts. It's really not even close. Uh, they had the they had the infrastructure on the offensive line. Um, Rodgers has shown that he can be an MVP caliber player without a great wide receiver. They're probably not going to have T.Y. Hilton next year. Um, he doesn't need T.Y. Hilton. They could literally draft a guy, you know, and honestly, I think that's what the Colts should do. If they get him, is you know trying to draft a guy in the second round. Michael Pittman had a pretty good productive yeah, season this exactly. year. Exactly. So they, I, I don't think they need. He needs to stress about weapons. Um, in terms of tight ends, I like what the Colts have going on. 
and their defense is just so stout. I think that it's very clear that that team is just one piece away from just being this dominant force. How about San Francisco? So San Francisco, one, he's a, he grew up a San Francisco fan, so that's his childhood team. But then if you look at schematically what San Francisco tries to do, right? So Kyle Shanahan, Mike LaFleur came from Shanahan's system. So a lot of the language is going to be the same, the way that they're running this style. And if you want to talk about, okay, they, San Francisco has a pretty good offensive line. They have a pretty good defense. They have a great tight end. They have some, some young weapons out at wide receiver with Brandon yeah, Ayuk. They fucked the pizza guy. <laughs> <laughs> what? It's... Roger or uh, um, Rogers grew up watching the 49ers his entire life and uh, had this beautiful bomb with with big tits that he thought he was going to go do. They said they were going to draft him number one overall and they fucked the pizza guy. They went out and got Alex Smith. I'm just I, saying it would be a good situation. So let's let's I think just a better one than the Colts. I think the Colts landing spot is Matt Stafford. I think Stafford fits the mold for the Colts better than anything. And I think Rod- Rodgers, I, I mean, think Ro- you- I think Rodgers is a, is a better fit as far as what I could see San Francisco being getting over to San Fran, being a California kid, the defense that's finally going to be healthy back there, John Lynch running the organization, and the Kyle Shanahan offense, I think it's definitely Let's something be clear, that's enticing. The, the MVP of the league is a good fit anywhere anyway. he goes. No no doubt. <laughs> yes. But I'm talking about for him in general. Yeah. I, oh, you're I talking think, about just like the, the oh, setup? Oh, yeah. yeah. Kittle at tight end, are you kidding me? And then Ayuk at wide receiver, mimicking, you know, mirroring what Jim's saying. He has weapons out there for sure. And then that defense – it's unreal. Yeah, I think it'd be funny. Obviously, this team's way over the cap, but could you imagine just seeing like the headline that Packers are trading Aaron Rodgers? And you know, and, you're, and obviously in your head, you're like, "All right, he's not going to beat my team. I'm done dealing with Rodgers." And then it says to the Philadelphia Eagles, and then then you got to deal with so and so's family that we're rooting for him for the next couple of years, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about the highs and the lows. Can you think of any so uh, indie? The, the Rams would be a great fit for him if he wants to go to a team that has a chance to win. I just don't think the Rams have the assets to acquire him. And they're not giving up on golf. I, I think, yeah, they are. You they are ready to move on from Jared Goff. You think they're completely out on golf? 100%. They, I mean, would, they, they, they were would trying move, to move on from this year. They would move on from <laughs> golf to Aaron Rodgers in a heart. They would. They, they clearly don't like golf. They, they just don't have the cap for it. I think Indy's exactly. one of the only competitive teams that has the cap room because they, they're they one of the more, uh, I think they're in top five most cap next yeah, season. San Francisco might have to work out some sort of trade where they unload Garoppolo somewhere else. So the Rams so aren't really an option. Them. We actually did a we did some analysis a couple of pods ago, and uh, uh, golf has a lot of dead cap going to next year. They can only lose like seven the following year. Yeah, but they have they, they lose like twenty eight <laughs> or something like that this year, so they, they can't do it this year. Right. They 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 could definitely do it a year after. Yeah, I, th- I think Green Bay has to ship them to the AFC if that were the case. So for me, it's it, and Indy's the only one that logically makes sense. Obviously, there's New England. Yeah, that's, um, I was gonna say. It, what it, if the Patriots go get it, him? It, that, that's the other play. But I think he'd he'd want like a, a more of a big time receiver, at least some type of receiver, not you know Jacoby Myers. Well, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I think um I think that's that's probably the biggest thing that would keep him in Green Bay is his love of Devontae Adams, knowing that he is you know. Maybe the best wide receiver in the league, definitely up there in the top three, and it's just a guy that he heavily relies on. It's the either target, that or Miami, Miami's the, ta- the target option. disparity between Devontae Adams and the next pass catcher in Green Bay's offense the last two or three years, it's insane. Uh, insane. Until, until the playoffs, 
because uh, people started uh, shadowing, you know, Devontae. Well, yeah, they, extra they roll the coverages him. more. But, yeah. yeah, but all season, you'd look at, uh, you know, you pull up the stat sheet. Devontae, 13 catches on 18 targets, and no one else had more than I think four he targets. Has, I think he game. has more than, like, the, the next three pass catchers combined or something stupid it. like that. Well, but the most likely scenario I see is, is him coming back to Green Bay and Green Bay doing the same thing they did with Favre. And him in that same situation. Now Jordan Love's going to have to do the same thing, sit there for two to three years, and that's going to be what it is. I think they will get a resign the contract for him because, again, like you said, 49ers probably doesn't have the room for it. I think Matt Stafford makes more of a sense as far as cost because they won't have to give up as much to get Stafford than they would to get to pry Aaron Rodgers from Green you Bay. You think, though? Because he's five years younger. What's what's what's, what's the what's Stafford the draft capital? Is, Stafford is five years younger than yeah, Rodgers, so but the situation and what they would have to give up. I don't. I think the Packers would probably ask a bigger asking price. You got the MVP well, yeah. of the league, and uh, like you said, Stafford's younger. I think you got more mileage on him that you could use, and Stafford's proven to be a beast, dude. He's got probably one of the best. I think he has one of the highest uh, comeback winning percentages in the fourth quarter, fourth quarter drives in the NFL. He's, he's, he's the greatest SB player ever to not win a playoff game. That's 100% and, and for just, sure. And just like Calvin Johnson being the greatest wide receiver never to win anything, right? It's, yeah. That's what the Lions do. That's Barry Sanders to be the greatest running back to never win a thing. That's what the Lions do to these guys. No, and Matt no Stafford might have the brains to get the hell out of there with the Colts, who could be a contender for the well, AFC Championship next year right away. You're right about one thing in that the Lions have already decided that they're moving on from Stafford, and the Packers haven't mutually made that decision. So Stafford is definitely a lot more mobile. And here's the thing. We're talking about this like it's going to happen. Rodgers is not leaving the Packers. He's yeah. the MVP of the league. Um, can he force his way out? Yeah. Will he? No. no it's not going to end that way. What, what would be no the way. draft cost? Let's say the Packers actually agreed to move him. How, what would what would it take? Two I'm, first rounders plus. No, I'm thinking like a, a one and two seconds. I, maybe. I need a first and a second, and maybe something else on the back end. Maybe a special no team or somebody. Yeah. Okay. Well, well, here here's why. Here's the exact reason why uh, Rodgers is going to stay in Green Bay. He's going to lead the Packers probably to another thirteen and three record, so mm-hmm. and to another NFC Championship. So that way, after three of the seasons, Matt Lafleur averages a thirteen and three record, and in his third season, he has as many conference championship appearances as Mike Tomlin. That's right. So there you go. You know, I had to slide something in there. <laughs> I, 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 keep, I keep those numbers in my Battle back pocket. Ford Tomlin com- comparison. I did not expect that one. Well, you talk about bi- a bitch ass coaching decisions. It kind of, you know, clicked back into my brain. Let's 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 talk about some other quarterbacks. Uh, Stafford on the move. I mean, we already know this guy's on the move. Uh, so, we already talked about the Colts. Obviously, do the Colts. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm on the Colts Reddit. They're already fired up. They're already acting like they already got Stafford. And honestly, it's 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 a great spot that's for him. A, that's a scary team. Yeah, great Stafford. spot for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And right now, I think his contract's still at thirty million. If they, they can push him so, three, four so years, so Stafford like only has a one year deal left. Yeah. So you you do you have extend to extend them. him, but that actually gives you more cap room, right? Because when you sign the extension, you can smash a bunch of bonus money on that, and gives you more length on the cap hit down the road. And I and, I, and honestly, like. Because it's a mutual decision, so he he really won't be that expensive. We're we're talking like a first, maybe just like maybe like spitting in like and a, a kicker, four, like a like a fourth, a kicker, fifth. Yeah. Oh, they're not getting rid of Rodrigo. Yeah, no, dude, no, I, I meant like like. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. Like no, a who's the elephant yeah. in the room? Yeah. We can't. talked about Rodgers, we talked about Stafford, but who's the elephant in the room? Rodrigo's dick. <laughs> well, 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 so so here's here's another team that I saw brought up, and I just think that it's interesting to no, consider. No, quarterback. Uh, besides Stafford, before you move on, um, is uh, 
the Broncos were mentioned. So Vic Fangio was the defensive coordinator for Detroit at one point in time during like before uh, before uh, he moved on to the Bears. So he he's familiar with Stafford. I could definitely see him being like, go get him, go get him, trade whatever you got to to go get him. So if the Colts are like, listen, we're going to take whatever whoever gives us the best deal and the Broncos offer the best deal, how would that make sense? Because they have a potentially good defense coming back if Von Miller gets healthy again, right? Poor Stafford, if that happens. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know if I'm wanting to work for uh, John Elway. I'm okay on that. I'll pass. Yeah, curse. I, he, he doesn't necessarily have the choice, though, right? Because he's under contract and they're going to trade him as a – he wants out. But I'm, I'm they sure, don't I'm, have to trade him where he wants to go. Well, well, he's the one who suggested it, but I'm sure he has a no-trade no clause in that contract. But I'm, I'm sure he's – they're already talking about they, it, what they want to do. So they so Detroit can transition. I think you're right. I think he does have no trade clause, well, but they're talking about he's willing to waive it. More often, more often or not, they're like your big time guys have the no trade clause unless they pick it. Like Deshaun Watson, same boat. So same. Yeah. for him, it's got to be the same choices as Rodgers. You want to go to the 49ers. You want to go to the Colts. You want to go to the fucking Patriots. Dude, people are talking a lot of shit about Bill Belichick this week, and it's ridiculous. I think if you dumb. think Bill Belichick is not a great coach, you're an idiot. Here, here's here's the thing about Brady: is Brady the greatest of all time? Yes. Was he always? No. Years one through five, he was truly carried by his team. It's kind of a similar situation as Russell Wilson. Remember early in Russell Wilson's career, he truly came into a great. He's such a fantastic quarterback now. He was not always that way. Roethlisberger. He, same thing. Yeah. He was led by the defense that first year. Guys that were carried in the, in the early stages, and then they came into their own. Brady is one of those guys, and he came into his own because of Belichick. So people talking like Belichick's done and thinking that Belichick's somehow mad about this, he's not, guys. Well, he's fucking, like, he's, he, he's more resolute than ever to tear it up next year. People forgot what, what happened to their defense this offseason, too. Their two best defensive players both opt out, covid sit out the entire year. Seven. Uh, yeah, it was seven starters. total players, but I'm talking about Patrick Chung and uh, Hightower. Yeah. Two of their best, if not the best players on their defense opting out. Just no. like Still got Gilmore and McCordy out there. Yeah, but, I mean, but, I but, like yeah, both I, of them. Basically, you're talking the whole front seven. You're talking yeah. about the center of your defense and the middle linebacker, which is Hightower, running that whole thing. And Patrick Chung, again, your center fielder that's calling those plays. McCordy's great, too, don't get me wrong. But to axing two of your best defensive yeah, players no, like they, that right they, off the bat, yeah, got, that, that's insane. And not knowing who your starting quarterback was going to be, what they say, Stidham was going to be the the starter from the beginning of the year until so they got bad. Cam Newton at $1.2 million. So well, you know, they, they always have the, uh, the, the debate, whether it's Belichick or Brady. But truthfully, you know, and obviously you just brought up a great point about him having to develop a little bit. I think we're. I think it was really just the perfect storm. You have a great coach, and with a guy who has the will and drive to win, and they're both obviously very intelligent. And they, I'm sure, they learned so much from each other, and that's that's what led it's, to. Uh, it's know, a the, mix the of both. It's yeah. a mix of both. They proved that when they had Jimmy Garoppolo and Matt Castle winning games and getting them signed to monster contracts and Jacoby Brissett. I mean, it. They've proven that it's not just Tom Brady. Brady's yeah. proven that hey, it's not just them. Look what I've done over here. As well with the Bucks, it's, it's not just one or the other. Two things can be true at once, for sure. And and then the last guy on the the block is obviously Deshaun Watson. Um, I still don't think he gets traded, uh, but there's been a lot of smoke. You guys were talking about earlier about a team that has emerged uh, that might be courting Deshaun Watson and might be the favorite. Uh, you want to give your take on that, Newman? So. Supposedly, Deshaun, jo Deshaun Watson actually ranked the Jets as his desired location because of their head coach, Robert Salah, who 
He saw what he did, and he saw that they brought in Matt LaFleur to run a similar system to what San Francisco's running, and he just, you know, the Jets have a lot of assets, right? I saw one pot- potential proposal where the Jets trade three first-round draft picks. They trade the number two this year. They trade their early pick next year, and then they trade whatever their first-round pick in the following year, right? That would still allow the Jets to have a first-round draft pick this year and next year because they have both the Seahawks picks for those, for those years due to the Jamal Adams trade. So if you're the Jets, I mean— if I would absolutely pull the trigger on that instead of taking quarterback at number two and potentially having, you know, whatever the question may be, or if, you know, if they want Darnold back in it, whatever you you unload, whatever you have to unload, that's a great deal to get Sean Watson. Who's, you know, arguably an MVP caliber candidate and one of the best quarterbacks in the league. You know, what I would personally love to see, I'd love the honor just to say, kiss my ass, come out and play. You're under contract get it. Obviously, unless someone gives the farm for it, Show up. If you're not going to show up, I'm going to find you. I'll, I'll, I'll sit your ass on the bench, and, we'll, and we're just going to be miserable so, together. So here's the thing about that. Do you know what his contract is for this year? How many how many millions he's going to make? He's going to be making a lot. Ten. Well, his contract this year is $10 million. He's made like 23 or something this year. So he's basically like, okay, whatever. I can sit out this year because it's only $10 million, and then it jumps up in salary the next several years, right? So that being the case, he does have some leverage. He also has a no trade contract or no trade clause in his contract. So he can able, he actually can decide where he wants to go. If some, they try to trade him just to bumfuck Egypt, he can say, nope, fuck that. You're not doing that. Right. So he does have a lot of leverage in this situation. We have yet to see a quarterback really use that leverage outside of the Carson Palmer deal though. Yeah. But, but how, but how much debt money is why the Houston going to have over the next what's How long was his contract? Seven years? I think. No, I think it's only like four. No, I just no, he think signed it's, like a four hundred million dollar deal. Mm. It's not that big. He, he he's surprisingly tradable uh, f- from what I read. Yeah, but the, I, you I, said you were, you mentioned bumfuck Egypt. Is that where the Jaguars are playing next year? <laughs> they should be. I thought <laughs> yeah, they were trying to go sorry, to yeah, London. Still, four years, one hundred and fifty six. Yeah, I, 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 for some reason, I thought he was signing something under Mahomes and just slightly shorter. Well, I, th- I but, think, but, but you are still talking almost forty million dollars a year. But I think it's going to have a lot to do with their coaching hire. That's one of the vacancies that's still out there, and now they are talking to Eric Bieniemy, the offensive the coordinator only of the Chiefs. And, well, that's what I mean. So now it's kind of interesting to see: are they going to? kowtow a little bit to Deshaun Watson's demands and what he's wanting and to keep him there or are they wanting to unload and completely rebuild coming off the Bill O'Brien era that was awful to say the, to if, the least and then you have Deshaun Watson though who if I'm the Miami Dolphins or the New York Jets I'm going after him full force to see what he did this year with no Desh- no uh, DeAndre Hopkins that incredible. was unfreaking believable yep. that team was scraps and that kid still went out there and balled out. To have a guy at that age with that type of talent, I'm going after him whole with everything I got, especially if I'm the Jets or the Dolphins. Led the league in passing yards. So he, at $67 million in dead cap if they get rid of him, when they get rid of him this year. That's wow. Like, yeah. and that, I mean, over four years, but... It's a lot of freaking money, right? But if you're gonna if you're that's, gonna get if you're gonna that's, trade him, that's if, that's just that season. If you're gonna trade him, one ten five. Wow. If you're gonna if you're gonna trade him, you are prepared to tear down, and so I mean, you can afford out. to Honestly, suck and just have a high it, salary. It, it just goes to what we've been saying for weeks, which is that Deshaun. It's it's a fun thing to talk about. Deshaun Watson won't be traded. Aaron Rodgers won't be traded. The guy that will be traded is Matthew Stafford. Um, but it's you know it's fun to talk about hypotheticals. Yeah. 
Uh, let's let's and you never know. Let's switch into the UFC real quick. Uh, we got the McGregor fight from last last week. Um, McGregor goes down. Uh, Second round. Should we should we care? <laughs> I mean, I think it's just a testimony to not fighting consistently. If you look at Dustin Poirier, he has been taking on contenders again and again, year in and year out, and winning. I mean, the guy is a, he's a proven talent, and he's been fighting consistently. And if you saw Conor McGregor's leg. He freaking chopped that thing like a piece of wood. That thing was swollen up so bad it was disgusting. And you could see McGregor couldn't put any any weight on that foot, any weight on that leg, and Poirier picked him apart and knocked his ass out. I mean, it was a masterful performance, and there's nothing else you can say. And tap like I tilt my hat to McGregor too, taking it on the chin like a man and coming out and saying, Hey, he beat my ass. You can't be lulled in this system. You can't just come into the UFC and think you're going to be the man again. You've got to continuously have practice, continuously fighting and taking fights, and that's what Poirier's been doing. And he'll probably be the next champion of that weight class because it's not crowned. Khabib retired. So who's the current champion? No one. So Khabib it's a, retired. It's a vacant and, title. And it's a vacant title. They didn't make that a title fight. And really, Poirier is the guy who should have the belt right now because he's beaten Justin Gaethje as well, which that was supposed to be the baddest man on the planet. And that's who Khabib just beat previously, right before he retired. So Poirier should be the champ. And, and it's not a shameful loss. He kicked the shit out of McGregor, and he deserves every part of it. The only thing about that that made me mad, I didn't watch the fight because it was past my bedtime. But... Um, <laughs> You know, I, I wake up and first thing I do every morning is I go check, read like sports articles. And the first thing like on ESPN was, uh, you know, McGregor loses by TKO. I'm like, hell yeah, I'm gonna click this video. They, they won't even show it. You had to, to go find other sources for it, man. They, they show every <laughs> knockout in the world on there except for McGregor getting knocked out. <laughs> and there's memes galore. Like how beautiful it was. Because you could still rent the fight and watch it at that point in time because it's, it's good it's up for 24 hours that's why right yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would have bought it then if I, if I they would have showed his ass getting knocked out I mean that's a story in itself that freaking um, Dana White came out and tried to tell the illegal streamers if you I've got something coming for you if you illegally stream and they illegally streamed the shit out of that fight no problem no 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 holds barred it didn't even matter as they should oh dude, <laughs> fuck you Dana White oh it's <laughs> It's hilarious because the big battle is is the ESPN Plus app. It has problems. Like it, it's given me problems every time I've ordered a fight. It, it seems like oh, we need to recharge you. Oh, dude, hey, click here to get the access. Fuck to the ESPN app. I had I, I had twenty people over my house one time. Twenty people. We're I'm getting ready to order it on pay per view, Directv, UFC fight. Find out they have an exclusive deal with ESPN. Go fuck yeah, yourself, ESPN Dana White. Only. Dude, go fuck yourself with that deal. That deal fucked everybody. Mm-hmm. When you had DirecTV, when you had any cable provider, you could order it right on your cable box. We had the whole setup right out there. Last minute, we find out a couple weeks prior, they made that deal with ESPN. I'm like, dude, fuck this thing. Then we had to hook up a fucking computer in my backyard. <laughs> yeah, just so I can run ESPN+. He's not mad, Plus. I promise. He's what not mad. That, Trash. I'm telling you, I think they made more money doing that, though, with the exclusive, like the exclusivity. And that's not just the pay-per-views that they do. You have uh, other fights as well where they do fight nights where if you have subscription to ESPN+, Plus, it's a whole UFC event with a great fights, up-and-comers in a main event but it's not usually a title fight and it's free to any ESPN plus subscriber. So I think they are doing the right thing by the business. They're making more money. It's more lucrative for them going through that single platform. Cause they're definitely getting major kickbacks from ESPN all day. Yeah. They're making money. Let's see how that works out in the long run. When, when less and less people are watching them, we'll see Bellator is, is, 
entertaining. But the one that people don't talk about is one FC, which is based out of Thailand and UFC ex champion, rich Franklin runs that organization over there. I think he's the president. And then, um, also, um, I'm, I'm forgetting her name UFC, but, um, she's the vice president over there as well. And they're running one of the biggest organizations in the entire sports world. I think they're fourth or fifth sports organization in the world. One FC. Speaking of Bellator and contenders, how about Michael Chandler in the fight right before, right before the, uh, the McGregor fight knocked out Dan hooker knocks out the number six contender in the same division basically. And and then calls out uh, Khabib with the nature boy ode. I (laughs) love that. I don't know if you guys saw that. He took it right out of Ric Flair's playbook. It was so awesome. And it was a way to make your debut. Dan Hooker's a freaking brawler and him and Poirier, but that was one of Poirier's last guys that he beat, but it went to a fifth round decision and it was an absolute war. Michael uh, Chandler knocks his ass out cold. Done. First round. Done. First round. And that's how you make a UFC debut. It, it was an entertaining fight card for sure. I loved having it. It was awesome. Yeah, I've never really been into UFC too much. I always like bar fights and street fights. But uh, you, we know. Yeah, yeah. You, you brought up something that really started making me laugh. And talking about direct TV sucking ass when you're having people over for big events. How about the Super Bowl last year? Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know what a rain cloud came wanna, in. I don't know what a rain cloud came in and d- just got rid of the connection. Yeah, we're, we're like driving all over trying to find different ways to stream it. Like, real, like, no, it was like, way worse. Out. My service literally just cut out my entire house. Wow. Had not had any disconnection of service. We literally watched cable television during hurricane irma without any disturbances the entire fucking hurricane that passed right over the tampa area which is where we live no disturbances the day the morning of the super bowl i have nothing dude i've never shouted at people in the philippines for so long <laughs> and all, all that happened like like within five minutes of kickoff so. oh Dude. It was such such bad timing. No, so then I streamed it. I found a way to stream it, and it, that kept cutting off. Yeah, dude, that was a fucking nightmare. Having a having a party and your shit knocks out. Like I host all the time, and dude, it's a fucking worse. Well, well, fortunately, you can actually go to this year's Super Bowl for a cool ten grand. Yep, easy money. Where where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will host <clears throat> the winner of the Chiefs and Bills. Yeah. <laughs> Which was the Chiefs, and dude, let's let's talk about this game. Uh, by the way, I didn't watch it. Um, <laughs> had a really rough night on Saturday. Basically, braved it out for the entire Bucks game and 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 a portion of the Chiefs game, and then I fucking went and passed out. I've read a lot about this game, but uh, you guys are gonna have to give me your takes on it. Um, heard Mahomes was not all that amazing, and I heard the Bills were big old pussies. Let's hear your guys' take. Uh, the most impressive person was Tyree Kill. Man, he was he was playing and like just obviously we've seen him like make big plays, but he was playing with some fire. Man, he was just so explosive. Man, he was making game changing plays. Um, but yeah, I mean Mahomes looked good. He's he's good. Like he's great. You know, but like man, breaking your son's arm energy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know it's funny. I don't. I don't think any too many people called for uh, Tyreek Hill's job after that. But uh, man, he he was fantastic. He was just fantastic. He's a freak. Yeah. It, it was freak. unbelievable. What Marcus is talking about his his stop and go speed. I mean, he puts guys on skates no matter what. So but, fast. But the guy, like the guy that stood out the best to me, and really, I, I love the story was Hardman. 
after muffing that punt, you really got to feel like, holy shit, this might be the Bills' chance to finally win, to finally go to the Super Bowl again. And then Hardman comes back and just dices them up. So I saw, it was awesome. I saw that play, and this is one of the beauty of what Andy Reid does. Guy, you know, he muffs that punt, puts you in a horrible spot in the first quarter. What does Andy Reid do? He immediately goes back to him. He designs plays specifically for Hardman. So he gets an end around and takes it 50 yards. And what what's what's majority, the last thing you're thinking of as a defensive coordinator? You're thinking, this motherfucker is done for the game. What There's ma- no what way. What do majority of coaches do in that position? A running back fumbles. A punt guy fumbles the pick, the muffs the kick. You're what do done. they do? Sit your ass down, You're at done. least for a couple series, it's, it's, yep. at least. He went back to him immediately, yep. just, and it was so awesome to see that kid thrive because he answered the bell. Hey, he answered the call. It was great. It's the Genius. same thing with Brady and Godwin. Big drop, next play, huge play, goes yep. right back to him. Yep. And, you know, and sometimes it's just all about getting the, getting the confidence, getting the rhythm. But some of that was also opened up from them putting so much attention on uh, and Kelsey and Tyreek. But uh, they 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 just they played a very balanced game. Um, they they looked good. They just dominated in all phases up front. Yeah. They were they were strong. They showed kind of where the Bills have had some weaknesses. Getting you know protecting the quarterback. Um, Josh Allen's still a stud, man. He's he's gonna he's gonna be good yeah. for a while. Oh yeah. Well, so, he keeps taking the fifteen yard sacks. That still keeps happening in the playoffs. But at least he's not fumbling it this time. Did, did you, <laughs> last he holds on the ball for too long. That, no yeah, he it. he t- and he did that all. La- he did that last year in the playoffs. He ran around, but he fumbled it in those situations, especially the tough ones. I love him. I don't want him to ever stop trying to make those plays. But at some point, you do need to take your losses. You see the guys that are older in the league, Peyton Manning when he won his Super Bowl, Tom Brady, Drew Brees. Hey, if you don't have it, sometimes you just got to eat your loss. Take that four four yards and then live to play the next day. But when you go back 15 yards sack, Holy shit, man. You're putting your whole team in a bad it's, it's spot. It's a growing process, but uh, Josh Allen's best play of the game was an incomplete pass. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's, uh, I don't know if you didn't see it, but, uh, but so he's, you know, he's running out of bounds. Um, they're in the red zone. It's like second and like four, and he's like 10 yards behind. Gets pushed out of bounds, and he was like floating in air. Like everyone thought he was, say, sacked. Man, he just he glided. His feet were a couple inches off the ground. He just sh- he just got it off for an incomplete pass. So it was third and four instead of you know third and sixteen and out of field goal range. And that that was such an athletic, incredible play to watch. So, so were you surprised at the outcome of that game, though? Yeah. Uh, I, what I, did you take betting wise? Oh, I got my ass smoked last weekend. <laughs> yeah, I had, so, the, so, I had the bills plus the points. So, um, so, so I, I, I had, the, I wrote an article about it. You should check it out. It's pretty good. Oh, I um, did. And uh, that's why, I, that's why I hammered the bills. I thought that the Chiefs, <laughs> I thought that the Chiefs could win the game without Patrick Mahomes because I was not confident in the Bills' ability to stop a nosebleed. Their defense is very mediocre, middle of the pack across the board. Seventeenth uh, against the run, twelfth against the, the against the rush. You can, you, or I'm sorry, I flipped those, but you can literally do whatever the fuck you want against the Bills' defense. They're not good. And then the Bills, they can't run the ball for shit. Essentially, their offense is Josh Allen winging it, and you can find ways to stop that pretty easily. But then also, they have to stop the Chiefs. The Chiefs are down nine nothing. We got him right where we want him, right? Uh, the, he, literally, Tariq Hill sets the record for most receiving yards in a, in a conference championship game. Nine catches, 172 yards. Oh, yeah. And then Travis Kelsey catches 13 passes. What? 
That's insane. Yeah. So there was no way the Bills were going to win this game, in my opinion. I had the Chiefs covering and blowing them out, and they did just that. See, the Chiefs, the Chiefs' lack of defense, and obviously they they played very, just played really well. Uh, they they're clicking on all on all uh, all cylinders, man. But their defense is what I really th- was riding the Bills with. Um, obviously, you know, motion. I uh, wanted Josh Allen to dive through some uh, flaming folding tables, but uh, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a shootout, uh, come down and you know, late field goal. Um, but you know, hey, you but I think the Chiefs. Some. I think the Chiefs' defense doesn't get a lot of love because they are weak in the run. But when you look at the talent that those guys have between Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, just to name a few, they, the they can make some big plays. Especially Chris Jones, if he's disrupting the middle right there, that guy is scary, man. He's, he, he and then he opens it up for Clark on the outside, number the outside linebacker, defensive end. Yeah, Frank Clark's a good pass rusher, but he's inconsistent, and I think that's the same thing with Chris Jones. He he can be dominant in phases. Obviously, he got paid because of his Super Bowl his Super Bowl performance last year, but he's one of the those players that I think ultimately is part of the reason what's going to cripple Kansas City going forward. He, he's going to be making $20 million a year for the next well, three years. This year he was on a franchise tag, right? No, they just signed him. Okay. like It's like three or four years at right around $20 million a year. Yeah, so um, they better draft well in order. The, the, it's a, it's the, all they're fucked. Yeah. <laughs> We've but, talked about it a lot. They're fucked. Well, they, what they, what I, when I was looking at some of the contracts, because I'm like, how the fuck do you pay Mahomes and still have a team? Next year, he's actually only got a $25 million cap. Uh, then it goes up and up, and he's gonna hit, in a couple years he'll have some fifty, like five, six straight years of fifty five. They'll rework the deal, more money, send it, keep spreading it down the line, well, yeah, more well, money up front, but, spread but, it down the line. But they kept some cap room here for the first two, two or three years, I think, of the deal. But they had to because they've got a lot of money out. Um, uh, Kelsey is right around eighteen, Hills around eighteen, Jones is around eighteen, and then uh, Mahomes, you know that's already well over half the cap between four players. Right, and uh, no matter what, Mahomes is worth whatever he, that you're going to give him. Yep. Yeah. Um, but but when you're talking about sixty percent of your cap between four players, you know you start getting real thin. Yeah. So you're gonna have a lot. You're gonna have a lot of um, uh, um, turnover when it comes to positions because you just can't pay guys after their contract. Oh, definitely. Much money and, and one thing that the Chiefs have done really well over the last several years is they've also had a really good offensive line with Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz being, you know, pro bowler slash all pro style players. Well, Mitchell Schwartz has been out most of the, most of the latter half of the year and is a possibility to come back for the Super Bowl, but they don't know. But Eric Fisher tore his Achilles in that game, and that's your starting left tackle. That's a huge loss. Especially what you see what the Bucks just did to Aaron Rodgers and them without Bakhtiari and what they're going to do to a backup. And then you have Vita Vea and Sue coming in on an interior push. It could spell trouble. I think Patrick Mahomes, like you said, he didn't look his best. And who would? Coming out of concussion uh, protocol, had his toe that he was dealing with. He looked great for what he came off of after last week where nobody thought he was playing. We thought I we mean, were going to see Do you want to hear his stat line? I, I'm it's, not it's saying – nobody irrelevant. said – 29 nobody, for 38, 325 yards – Three touchdowns, one sack, 95.8 quarterback rating. If that's a bad game, sign me up. Not a bad game, but what you said. (laughs) It's an amazing game. Yeah, but what you're talking about, though, is not that it wasn't Patrick Mahomes running around everywhere he possibly could be. It was a lot of Tyree kill, like we just talked about earlier, making great run after the catch. Patrick Mahomes played great coming off of that. But when you get rid of two of his best offensive linemen, especially when you got him out, that's big time, especially with the pass rush that the Bucks are showing. Yeah, and I don't, the, I don't the think the Bills are capable of taking advantage and of that. And the linebacker like the, core the, the that the Bucks will. have in comparison to the Bills. They're when so you have Devin White and Levante David as two of your interior linebackers, it changes the entire shape of the game. If, if JPP blows off another half a finger, he's going to have three sacks. And I, uh, <laughs> <the ball on Sunday. laughs> 
least. He might set a Super Bowl record. So here's a freezing cold take for you. The Bucks are going to get fucking creamed. We'll we'll get into that next week. The Bucks are going to get fucking <laughs> no creamed. Way. Oh, I, no I, way. I, I, I already I already know why. The Bucks already, are going to get fucking creamed. I've, I've they, the, they, I've, they've been cruising along. I, dude, I watched the Packers. I, I saw that game. They fucking they faltered every opportunity they did. Uh, the Saints just weren't themselves, dude. Brady's got this blessed way about him. You're not you're not getting by on the Chiefs. I'm sorry, you guys are going to get fucking well, crazy. football. That's how I it goes. Injuries when you don't have Taysom Hill or you don't have Latavius Murray. If, hey, that's what you got to well, deal with. Well, just, well, let me tell you, I'm sh- I'm certain that I'm wrong because I've been wrong the last two weeks. <laughs> I, I I've been wrong the last two weeks. I took him against Washington, of course. But I I 100 took both their opponents in the last two games. I thought the Packers were going to destroy them. I still think if that uh, fucking magical play by Brady at the end of the half doesn't happen, the, the the Packers come out in that second half and they take care of business. What people continue to underestimate about the Bucks is their offensive line and what they've been doing with their offense with the tight ends to help those offensive linemen. But Ali Marpet... Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs, those are three badass offensive linemen. Wirfs those aren't chumps. Wirfs in the draft, the fact that he fell to the Bucks was unbelievable. Those other teams took Your the tackle the out great. of Georgia and it's the tackle out strikes. of Louisville. They were but, both good. But both in the trenches, that, but defense and offensive Not line. just the great. line, but then you start adding Gronk in there, and you see Gronk only had, what, one catch in the entire game? He had one catch and for 20 yards catch. It was a great screen. tight end screen, but... Gronk's entire game was smashing those defensive ends and the defensive linemen helping chip and double team and keeping Tom Brady's jersey clean as possible. Yeah. And that's what people are underestimating about the Bucks and why they're doing so well right now. See, well, i got a couple reasons. Uh, I'm not going to get into stats and information. We'll save that for next week as to why the, the Bucks are going to win decisively over the Chiefs. One, obviously, GOAT keeps baby GOAT in training, whatever, and get, get your forget the, obviously, first team to – uh, host the Super Bowl and be in it and win it. That's a, what a great storyline. Uh, another one, Bruce Arians, uh, the oldest coach up until now to get their first Super Bowl win was there's like four guys in the 62 to 63 years old range. Arians is 68. Another great. Story. How old was Andy Reid last um, year? Um, 62, 63. Yeah, yeah, he's he's right he's right in that range. And the last one, two female coaches on the team. <laughs> Not, another great story. I, I mean, I'm serious. Just like for the storylines and the clicks and like everything, but Bucks roll. And, and the only team with the African American coordinators. So you're saying rig system? Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl. So because of these good <laughs> stories, the Bucks are going to win. This oh, is yeah. so unlikely. Well, I'm like you. No, I'm I'm, I'm I'm taking the better quarterback, and uh, I'm telling you, the Chiefs are going to roll in this game, guys. I'm sorry. We will have more on that next week, uh, but let's touch on just a couple other things real quick. So the Eagles hired Nick Sirianni from the Colts, their offense coordinator. Any thoughts? Back to the well and that same offense, you know, basically just replace Peterson with a younger version. I mean, when whenever, when they hired Peterson, people were kind of like, what the fuck, who even is this guy? Um, and this is kind of a similar hire, to be honest. That's what I mean, back um, to the well. Yeah, so... Um, I still think Peterson is going to be successful in the NFL, by the way. Um, I think the Eagles organization is a cesspool of trash. I think they stumbled on a really good roster. Um, I've actually been pretty uh, active in saying that I hope the Vikings go out and get Doug Peterson as their offensive coordinator this year because he's not in talks for any head coaching positions, which, by the way, I think is fucking bananas. Well, there's only one out there now. The guy, but even... And the onset, when he got fired, he wasn't really talks for anything. I think that's fucking bananas. The guy just won a Super Bowl three years this ago. This was obviously about Wentz. 
and, that, and that's all it is. It's between the yeah, ownership what a, what a bitch, and Wentz. And that's what the wackest yeah. stuff Carson is Carson Wentz is a bitch. And th- that's all he it's is. about right now. And they chose Wentz over Peterson. And I think it's going to end up being a mistake for the Eagles franchise. Oh, big 100%. Time. Another, yeah. another uh, what, pointless statue in front of the stadium with him and mm-hmm. Nick Foles, and neither of them there just two years later. Yes, yeah, I, th- I think you're going to be – he's going to be kind of in the similar boat as, like, Josh McDaniels. Um, you know, like McDaniels after, after his stint with Denver – um, you know, do some good coordinating for a couple of years. Your name will be back in. I, th- I think uh, I do agree with you. I think maybe a little humble pie goes a long way. Um, but, uh, yeah, a couple of years, two, three years down the road, I think he's going to be back in the mix and, uh, you know, mature, I guess. Not mature, but the humble pie will help him help lead a team better. Sure. Uh, the Texans still undecided on their head coach, but you know, the uh, enemy is getting another look. Any and thoughts Leslie on Frazier. who goes there? It has. Any, it has any I think it's the enemy. It has to be. to keep Deshaun. <clears throat> I think they go after the enemy. They get him hired. Deshaun Watson. All these tweets. All this crazy stuff dies down, and he comes back to the Texans franchise. Okay, who's most des- devastated about the combine being canceled? Me, right? <laughs> 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 I mean that that. For, from the college football perspective, where it's yearly, you got a lot of guys opting out. You got all this stuff you're not able to go see and scout these players. You know, scouts aren't allowed on campus as much and all this other stuff. And then it's like, oh, and, you know, no combine. Like, that. that's devastating. Yeah, shortened NCAA season plus no combine. It's it's brutal. I, I feel bad for the teams that have a lot of draft capital this right? year. 100%. Miami. Yeah. So does that the give Jets? Urban Meyer the uh, the one up in Jacksonville? I mean, he's been in tune to college football like crazy. He's working for was he the SEC Network is what he was with? Or? No, he was working for or Fox. Fox. Okay. Luckily, he has the easiest pick in the draft. Yeah, so. but yeah. he's got and he's got a lot of stuff down there in Jacksonville. It's kind of intriguing. I'm interested to see what old Urban Meyer does. He's obviously a player's coach. Uh, you saw what he did with UF with a pastor, a murderer, <laughs> a couple other brutes on that team. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with uh, a guy who gets comparable to Peyton Manning and his college prowess. So we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about some of the the four Hall of Famers that have died over the last couple years for the baseball. Um, You know, starting with Tommy Lasorda, Hall of Fame uh, manager, won two World Series, uh, led the team to two other uh, uh, World Series appearances. Then you got Don Sutton, you know, uh, very much so an accumulator, but a very good pitcher. And then Phil Necro, the the, the famous knuckleballer with... uh, But obviously the biggest giant of all of those is Mr. Hank Aaron. Trailblazer. You know, uh, when you say inner circle Hall of Fame, we're talking inner circle. Uh, just a couple of little stats on him. Fifth overall in position player war behind Bonds, Ruth, Mays, and Cobb. Those guys pretty good. Uh, then you got thir- yeah. third in games playing behind Rose and Yastrzemski. Fourth in runs behind Ricky Henderson, Cobb, and Bonds. Third in hits behind Rose and Cobb. First in total bases. First in RBIs all time. Um, then he got 13th in doubles. The, the one that I liked the most, as much as he played and all that other stuff, 112th in strikeouts all time. Like guy didn't even strike out that much wow. <clears throat> to hit that many home runs how many, and strike how many, out that little is incredible. Also I second, Bonds, second in homers first, behind Barry Bonds. First yeah, in homers. D- depends on asterisks. First uh, in homers. Led, led the league in runs scored three times, hits twice, doubles four times, homers four times, RBIs four times, average twice, slugging percentage four times, total bases eight times. 21 of his 23 years, he was an all-star. He had won three gold gloves, one MVP, finished top three in MVP voting six times, and finished 17th or higher in MVP, MVP voting 19 times out of 23 years. How many, how many World Series Hank. championships? 
Unfortunately, I don't know if he got any of those. What a loser. That's the thing about baseball. It is very much so a weak link sport, unlike basketball, which is a strong yeah. link sport. You can't, so. literally can't blame a single player for not wearing winning championships in baseball. It is football, by football far. as well. Yeah, and I'm, so you look at Dan Marino, and we can go down that rabbit hole. And those guys, if you're quarterback, much less so. But yes, I, so I get so what you're some some of the ultimate Hall of Famers there. And then today, Major League Baseball announced that there will be no Hall of Famers elected this year in the 2020 calendar, boom, 2021 boom, calendar boom. year. All right, guys, we're gonna wind this thing down. Uh, this was our first. We actually did this all in the same room. We normally do this pretty mem- remotely. So this is our first one in about five months. That's why it sounded a little better. But uh, any closing thoughts, guys? Hey, go Bucks, Go Tom Brady. Can't wait to see them in the Super Bowl. First team ever to host and play in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady could be the first quarterback ever to win the championship in the AFC and the NFC. Tell me it wasn't written in the stars for Tom Brady and his destiny. If anybody's going to do it, it's him. Fire, Fire the cannons, cannons, baby. Fire them cannons. And uh, I will have uh, tickets for sale for all you new Bucks fans. You can hit, slide <laughs> in these DMs and I'll give you a good deal on them. <laughs> I'll tell you what. If that was written in the stars, then God's a bitch. Because what a <laughs> shitty storyline. A guy who wins continues to win. What a fucking dumb storyline. You, you, know, you know who loves that storyline? The sports game, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, so here's my thing about Tom Brady. I've not not hated him his entire career, but have not been a huge fan of him. I've also been a huge hater of the Bucks my entire career. Do you got to say this about the Bucks? I have been vote, rooting for him all season long. And as much as I do think the Chiefs are going to crush them, I will be rooting for the Bucks on Super Bowl Sunday. You can 100% take that to the bank. Expect a lot of great content from us, though. Yes, come, sir. Come one, come all. Bring them on. I'll That's take right. the bandwagon, Bucks fans. We need everybody on Sunday. That's right. All right, guys. From all of us here at the Sports Memory Podcast, thank you so much for joining us. Have a great night.